Earlier today, several different forums, subreddits on one of the most popular social media websites, Reddit, were hacked to display a weird second language pro-Trump message littered with emojis and Chinese characters. And no one really knows who did it or why, but it affected inactive moderators for various subreddits who got hacked. And then this access was used to plaster pro-Trump messages across many different subreddits. In my personal opinion, it looks like some kind of psyop. It could very well be pro-Trump, anti-Trump. It could be pro-Trump people in Hong Kong. I honestly have no idea. But we are seeing something interesting. There are many Trump supporters who are cheering for the display of a pro-Trump message, although there are also many Trump supporters saying it looks like a manipulation by Chinese hackers. And there are many people on Reddit who quite literally believe Donald Trump supporters put up Chinese pro-Trump messages in order to encourage them to vote for Donald Trump. I've got some images of this to show you and go through this, but all of this is happening the day after Donald Trump signed two executive orders targeting TikTok and WeChat with a essentially what is a ban, giving these companies 45 days to divest from their Chinese connections. Otherwise, they're out. One of these executive orders, the one pertaining to WeChat, also mentions Tencent. This led to widespread fears among many people because Tencent actually has holdings in many other American companies, including Reddit. That's right. Tencent invested $150 million last year into Reddit. And now many people fear that this executive order will interfere with things like WeChat, Reddit, Spotify, etc. Now, the White House has clarified this won't affect those companies. But nonetheless, this might be some kind of retaliation or response. So let's go through all of the news. Man, what Trump just did with these executive orders was like a figurative economic tactical nuke on China, hurting them severely. And there's good reason to do it. Giving our private information to a foreign adversary like China, especially as tensions are rising, does not seem like a good idea. And there are literally people on the left in this country defending China over this. To me, it's absolutely insane. Now, all of this is coming after another big breaking story from CNET. Just two days ago, YouTube banned almost 2,600 Chinese channels for influence operations. We're going to go through all of this. The story is absolutely crazy. And people are right now trying to figure out how to recover these broken subreddits that have been flooded with weird pro-Trump messages. Let's read this. Before we get started, head over to TimCast.com slash donate if you'd like to support my work. There are many ways you can give, but the best thing you can do, subscribe to this channel. About half the people who watch my videos aren't subscribed, and I am very, very close to breaking 1 million subscribers with your support. I could actually do that, and that would be pretty cool, I guess. But you'll also get access to my videos, so I'm, act- I'm absolutely happy, and I'm humbled and honored at everybody who subscribed to my channel. So I really do appreciate it. Make sure you hit the like button, the notification bell, and share the video if you really like it. The first image I have for you, which you've been staring at for quite a bit, if you've been watching, it says Trump 2020 America. Then there's a bunch of emojis and Chinese characters. Then it says we support Trump as he is a ton of fun. They say we don't lie to you, the American people. We believe that we can call a bygone as bygones with no regret and no worry. Trump MAGA America 2025. Clearly, whoever wrote this doesn't speak English as a first language, let alone do they actually speak it well at all. But there are other images like this. This one comes specifically from The Donald, which is it's, it's an external forum 
that butted off of Reddit and created its own clone of Reddit because Reddit has been censoring Donald Trump supporters, conservatives and the Donald subreddit. The reason why I find this so particularly interesting as it pertains to the Reddit hack is that, well, China invested, I should say Tencent invested, but come on, it's the Communist Party of China. All their companies are working at the behest of the Chinese Communist Party. $150 million at one point, I believe I have the story. Reddit gets $150 million investment from Tencent and users are posting memes to mock the deal. But what makes me interested in this is I wonder if that money in any way influences Reddit to oppose Trump as Trump targets China. We have two executive orders, one targeting TikTok and I'm sorry, this is WeChat and Tencent, as well as TikTok and ByteDance. I want to read this for you because people are freaking out, particularly about Tencent, because it make this executive order makes it seem like Reddit will have to basically shut down or sell Spotify, you know, League of Legends, Epic Games. I'll get to that. It doesn't seem to be the case. But first, the great hack. I bring you now to subreddit drama. They say a coordinated coordinated attack on Reddit via compromised accounts changed numerous subreddits into pro-Trump propaganda this morning. Admins are on it and subs are slowly being reverted to normal. There's a guide to uneffing your subreddit, but they say this. Interesting. Seeing reports that some compromised accounts did have two-factor authentication enabled, make sure you have a unique password regardless. However, this hack got through, they broke two-factor, which would suggest this is not some run-of-the-mill kid, but someone who has a little bit more skill than average. I'll admit, breaking two-factor isn't the hardest thing in the world, but it's not the easiest thing either. There are certainly ways to do it. And we may be, we may be getting to the point where two-factor is just really easy to bypass. For those that aren't familiar, uh, Reddit is a website where people post links. The links get upvoted or downvoted. The most upvotes, they go to the top. Most of you probably know what this is, so forgive me, but I have to explain the context. Now, what's really fascinating to me here is the messages clearly do not come from Americans. So I don't know why anyone would think they're actually pro-Trump messages. But on the surface, that's what they are. I mean, that's what we're calling them because that's what they are. Now, the question is, was this intended to make it look like Trump supporters are hacking subreddits to gain support? Was it designed to look like China was hacking this and pretending to support Trump? Is it literally people in China who support Trump? We don't know. Regardless, though, it definitely seems to be a, to, to have been written by Chinese, someone who speaks Chinese as a first language, whether or not whatever their intention is, I don't know. But a psyop, it certainly does seem like it. And what that means is a psychological operation. It's an influence campaign, something intended to manipulate you. And as I pointed out, China is doing this. It's not a conspiracy theory. CNET says YouTube banned 2600 Chinese channels for influence operations, psychological operations, right? It's basically the same thing. Maybe some would argue it's a little different, but they're trying to influence your mind. Now, check it out. Subreddit drama gives a list of all of the subreddits that have been compromised, like Destiny the Games and r slash Naruto, which is weird, and RuPaul's Drag Race, podcasts, Pokemon, Photoshop battles, NFL, all of these things were compromised. Now, here's what I find really interesting is this comment. The top comment, one of the top comments says, I wonder if anyone's like, quote, I wasn't going to vote for Trump before, but now that his supporters hacked the accounts of the mods of r slash Naruto, I will. Someone says it was only a matter of time before posters in, conser- uh, in conservative say they walked away from the left after the brave hacking of 2020. 
Trump is the next Hokage confirmed, which is a reference to the anime Naruto. Do these people actually believe that Donald Trump supporters are trying to get them to vote for Trump by hacking all these subreddits? To me, that seems frankly absurd, but maybe it's working. Now you're going to have people saying, did you see what Trump supporters were doing? Yes, that's actually what you're going to get out of this. And we're already seeing things like it. Here's one. Honestly, could Trump love America just let the rest of the world have something nice for five minutes? Wow. Here's another one. Uh, so this is the same thing. WTF literal propaganda appears on a DND sub. I express it's not cool. I'm downvoted. So this person who posted that was getting upset. Another person says, I've just come from RuPaul's drag race. This has happened there. Looks as if the mods are being hacked by pro Trumpers. I honestly can't tell if it's pro-Trump idiot or an anti-Trump post. Like the image and better seem genuine, but the description seems like an S post. Feels like it's an S post probably end up being something to do with 4chan. The description is just terribly written. So it could be pro-Trumpets, but at the same time, I can see pro-Trumpers. I can't see pro-Trumpers taking the time to translate into Chinese. We actually have a, a, a large post that goes over well, there's, there's a big post showing what was said. I'm trying to sort through all the Reddit posts here. I'm not going to read it because I don't want to read the pro-China propaganda message, but it's substantial. And they say things like, you know, the Democrats are bad. Trump is good. A bunch of things like this, saying that, you know, Biden's got dementia, Trump nas- national anthem. It seems to be a, a fake pro-Trump message that it, on, the, on the surface, you could argue it's pro-Trump. But I think the next layer is that it's someone sarcastically supporting Trump. Now, here's where this is all coming into play, why this matters. First, let me just say, we don't know what it is or why they did it, but it happened. And it's weird because it comes just after this from Donald Trump's executive order on WeChat. He says, any transaction that is related to WeChat by any person or with respect to any property subject to the jurisdiction of the U.S. with uh, United States with Tencent Holdings Limited or any subsidiary of that entity as identified by the Secretary of Commerce under Section uh, 1 of this order. And they go on to say, uh, uh, it's the, the Section 1A says that the following actions are prohibited. Now, my understanding based on a CNN article, as well as statements from some of these companies, is that it specifically means WeChat and nothing else. However, many people are starting to freak out because they're concerned it'll actually leak over into other companies. Take a look at this. The Verge writes, Trump's WeChat ban could touch everything from Spotify to League of Legends. WeChat's ban may be a bigger deal than TikTok's. Could it be that this hack was meant to make Donald Trump look bad in retaliation to the actions he's taking against these Chinese companies? I don't know, but I will say it's very interesting that Chinese language pro-Trump messages pop up and hack all of these different accounts right after Donald Trump says, we're going to ban your companies. The Verge writes, last night, the Trump administration issued a pair of stunning executive orders against Chinese technology companies, banning U.S. transactions with the companies after a deadline of September 20th. Most of the immediate focus has been on TikTok, which was targeted through its parent company, ByteDance. But the second order could have far more unpredictable, uh, a far more unpredictable impact targeting text app WeChat, WeChat and its parent company, Tencent. Tencent is one of the large tech, largest tech companies in the world, and it spent the last few years buying stakes in video game studios, music companies, and social media apps. It's bigger than ByteDance, and with significant ownership stakes in Snap, Blizzard, Spotify, and others. It's far more embedded in the global tech industry. Yesterday's order made those connections much more dangerous. 
even if they fall outside the narrow legal consequences of the order. As Tencent responds and its business partners are forced to choose sides, the consequences could be far broader than the White House realizes and far more damaging to the average consumer. First, I also want to point out I do not trust The Verge as a source. They're probably going to be biased. In fact, The Verge actually published a defense of China. I kid you not. Anyway, let's read. They say for now, the main concern is WeChat, Tencent's China-based chat app. The executive order is intended to target WeChat specifically, an anonymous White House official told the LA, LA Times reporter Sam Dean. However, we won't know until the 45-day grace period is up which transactions are actually prohibited. For instance, whether it applies to money sent through WeChat or whether it will apply to money transferred between Tencent subsidiaries. We are reviewing the executive order to get a full understanding, a Tencent representative told the New York Times. Now, again, they say, no, no, just with WeChat. That's what the White House is saying. It might not matter what they're claiming. It might matter what's actually in the executive order. WeChat is the dominant chat app in China and a ubiquitous tool for payments, shopping and business transactions. Many companies, large and small, are run almost entirely through it. And and its immense footprint in China has led to some spillover usage in the U.S., Analysts estimate there are around 1.5 million U.S. WeChat users compared to 1 billion in China. WeChat is also deeply embedded in China's various systems of censorship and surveillance. And there are real security concerns for the minority of users outside of China. If all the order does is block Americans' ability to use WeChat, the impact will be fairly limited. But even if President Trump means to limit the impact to WeChat, it's not clear he'll be able to. The order's language is broad, invoking the International Emergency Economic Powers Act to prohibit, quote, any transaction that is related to WeChat by any person or with respect to any property subject to the jurisdiction of the United States with Tencent Holdings or any subsidiary of that entity, as identified by the Secretary of Commerce. That bolting is ours, they say. And we won't know how strict the Department of Commerce will be about enforcing that rule until the enforcement starts. Think about it. If a company that has Tencent, a company that has, you know, relation to Tencent tries to make a transaction in any way related to WeChat or by bypassing the ban to each other, they could say, shut them all down. Think of it this way. You have three parties, A, B, and C. Donald Trump says no one can make any transaction to party A. And any affiliate, you know, any of its subsidiaries, B or C, what happens if company B wants to send a transaction to company A? So what they do is they just send it to company C first. You see how they bypass that ban. Theoretically, they, you, you can't really track what, what dollars go to what issue. I could argue that, look, I owe my buddy 10 bucks for a burrito he bought me the other day, but my buddy owes his sister 10 bucks for the burrito she bought him. So he says, just give the 10 bucks to my sister. Then legally, I've not made a transaction between me and my buddy. It's to a third party. See how this works? The general idea is these companies related to Tencent could easily bypass this restriction on WeChat through their own companies and the money. You won't know what dollar or what one is meant for. There's no name on it, right? In which case the ban may be broad. They may say straight up, Reddit can't give money to Spotify because you're trying to bypass a WeChat ban or something like that. It it seems broad and maybe a bit extreme, but that is a potential. Although the government is the White House is saying we didn't intend that. There are many people who are fans of, say, Epic Games and things like this that are straight up like, nah, it doesn't. It seems like they went too broad with this and now they're in trouble. They might get shot down because of the vagueness or the broadness of the order. 
But anyway, the main point, the reason I bring this up is that this is very far reaching. It could theoretically impact Reddit. And then all of a sudden we see Reddit get hacked by this weird, creepy psychological manipulation or psychological operation by who knows who. (laughs) It seems like the person's Chinese. No idea. Could it be the Chinese government? It could be, but we don't know. It's more likely it's going to be one of these groups that China employs. They're technically private actors, small hacking you know, groups in China that have a sort of passive support from the government. So the government can say it was just criminals. It wasn't us. Kind of like a letter of Mark back in the age of piracy in the, you know, in the colonial era. We won't know how this will play out, but in 45 days, we will find out. Or I should say we won't find out until the 45 days. They say much of the impact will also be out of Trump's control. We don't know how banks and app stores will respond to the order or how Tencent itself is likely to retaliate. Any business with a Tencent ownership stake is potentially implicated since an abrupt departure of Tencent from the market could throw their financial situations into chaos in the midst of a global economic crisis. It's hard to say precisely what the impact will be, but the sheer scope of the company's investments shows how ugly things could get. Check this out. Tencent owns 100% of Riot Games, the developer of League of Legends. Tencent is the largest minority owner of Fortnite and Unreal Engine developer Epic Games. Tencent owns more than 80% of Supercell, Clash of Clans. Tencent publishes the mobile versions of uh, uh, (laughs) Players Unknown Battlegrounds in China and owns more than 11% of Blue Hole. Tencent has single-digit stakes in various game studios studios like Blizzard, Ubisoft, and Platinum Games. There's another Tencent messaging app called QQ with several hundred million users. Although it predates WeChat and originated as an ICQ-style instant messenger service for Windows. Tencent production company and distributor Tencent Pictures is involved in major Hollywood productions like Wonder Woman, Venom, Terminator, Dark Fate, and the upcoming Top Gun Maverick. It also acts as a major film distributor within China and owns minority stakes in a range of smaller production companies. Last year, Tencent struck a $1.5 billion five-year deal with the NBA to stream its games in China. Snapchat owner Snap sold 12% to Tencent in 2017. Tencent owns 14% uh, 14% of Kakao, which runs the Kakao game platforms. This year, Tencent brought a 10% stake in Universal Music Group. Tencent has a 9% stake in Spotify, with the two partnering on Tencent Music, and they don't even mention Reddit. Could it be that Donald Trump's executive order was intentionally broad, targeting WeChat, but was actually trying to slide through and strike at the heart of Tencent, a Chinese company that is buying up tons of US-based companies or getting its influence in these companies because Donald Trump doesn't like Chinese influence in America? Think about it. Universal Music Group. Interesting. Top Gun Maverick. They made changes to placate China. What about the NBA? The NBA recently refused to condemn China. In fact, custom jerseys wouldn't allow you on the NBA store to say the message free Hong Kong. Very, very interesting what's happening. My friends, we may be in information age warfare. It has not happened before between two superpowers. Now, I'm not, I don't, you know, some people argue China is not yet a superpower. We're not yet in a Cold War. But since the information age began with the expansion of the internet, we have not seen what warfare will really look like. And I think this may be it. I mean, honestly, look, we know economics plays a role in warfare. It happened in World War II and it'll happen again. 
Maybe we are just in the precursor stage to a hot war. I'm not entirely sure. But I can tell you that China is engaging in a ton of crazy influence operations, as I've already shown. YouTube banning these accounts. So you know it. It is not a conspiracy theory to say that China is using various tech platforms and social media platforms to engage in influence operations, psychological operations in this country. Now, with Trump's ban of WeChat and TikTok, I have to say, depending on the scale to which they're spying on users, it's a good thing. It really is. TikTok had around 100 million users in the U.S., and they've been accused of stealing information from these users and sending it to the Communist Party of China. You all need to understand. And I warned about this on the IRL podcast. I've warned about it before, but I will warn, warn you all again. If the app can see what your other apps are doing, if it can know where you're browsing or copy clipboard information, it's going to know a lot of dirty, dirty secrets about you. Maybe you gave it some, uh, you approved some functions on it without realizing. We'd like to access your messages. A lot of people with WeChat, yeah, by all means. Some people actually set it up so that WeChat is their default. Imagine every single private message you've sent, every naughty message, any potentially illegal message being leaked by an adversary if a hot war did break out or because you've become problematic for their country. That's true of me. It's true of many other people. Donald Trump banning this is trying to shut down influence operations in this country and as well as the spying. But the influence operations I find also substantial. China was engaging in propagandistic efforts, according to several articles, through TikTok, through ByteDance, not just TikTok, TikTok, because there's an ongoing genocide in their country of the Uyghur Muslims. And they know the United States is probably the only country that could stop it. Hot war is, is in my opinion, the potential is real. It's there. And I'm not entirely sure whether or not we will do anything about these genocides, if we're going to stand up for Hong Kong, if we're going to keep calling out, you know, what's going on with these, uh, uh, with, with, with China and all this stuff. But I'll tell you, man, this article from The Verge shows us just how deep the tendrils of China run in this country. Our resources were being extracted. Our manufacturing had long since moved away from the U.S. to China. We then see you know, you know, let me tell you something. I find it so fascinating when you go to Reddit, everything is anti-Donald Trump. Isn't that weird? It is weird. Come on. Why was Reddit banning all of this pro-Trump content? Why is everything now default anti-Trump? Why does Tencent have $150 million invested in Reddit and so many other companies that have done what China wants? Could it be? That the far left intersectionality nonsense is, is just another part of the psyops from China. According to CNET, some of the channels banned by YouTube were posting content about racial justice, racial justice protests in the US. They don't go on to elaborate what that was about. We don't know. Maybe it was pro, maybe it was against. I don't know. We do know that other countries have tried to inflame the racial justice protests. Could it be that it's destabilizing our country and it's hurting Donald Trump? Black Lives Matter saw a major boost following the George Floyd incident. This hurt Donald Trump and Trump is going after China. When Trump got into office for all his faults, he started repairing the economy. A lot of people don't want to acknowledge it. But the fact is, as of right now, we are in dire straits because of COVID. Before COVID, however, we had the best numbers of our lives. Manufacturing was returning. Unemployment was at an all time low. 
You see, many politicians were selling us out to China with our factories moving overseas. We had poor people and middle class people spending their money, giving it to China. And the wealthy Americans were getting the profits off of cheap labor. They were essentially getting a higher portion of the revenue in exchange for selling us out to a foreign adversary. Now we can see that with that influence, China has been buying up American companies and they can now control what we can see, what we can think. With their investment in Reddit, I wonder, do they influence the hate speech policies? Is it, is, is it any uh, coincidence then that it's conservatives who are typically getting banned and it's more likely to be the conservatives saying we need to reclaim our manufacturing and push back against Chinese influence? These are the people who get banned. Not every single person, but many of them. The NBA won't speak up against China. Movies like Top Gun Maverick altered the images because of Chinese, because the Chinese uh, Communist Party was offended. Donald Trump is standing up to them. We may fall into Thucydides trap. A war will break out between two superpowers. And with the collapse of economic ties between the two countries, it becomes ever more likely. That's why some people are arguing against what Trump is doing. They think it's better that America bends the knee to China and we just give up and let them take over than face a true apocalyptic war. You then have people like Donald Trump who say, no, death is preferable to communism. I'm not going to tell you what to believe, but I'll tell you this. For all of Trump's faults, Joe Biden is incapable of being present as far as I'm concerned. He won't stand up to China. In fact, I believe he's another one of these cronies who's been in office for decades and has been selling us out to China. There may be a hot war. I don't know how you stop it, but I would rather live free. I would rather live free uh, or die. I would rather uh, uh, die on my feet than live on my knees. And I know a lot of other Americans agree with that. And perhaps that's what separates us from you know, the other faction, whatever you want to call it. Left and right really doesn't make sense. Some people would say I'm right wing, but my policies are very liberal. I mean, I'm pro public option, leaning towards pro universal health care, pro choice, pro progressive tax, pro all of these policies. But here I am saying Donald Trump is the only viable option right now. And whatever is going on with China needs to be stopped. Otherwise, we won't have a future for this country. It's funny how people try to criticize me for saying that on the left. But these are the people who are sitting on Reddit absorbing all this fake news and propaganda from a company that has major holdings from Chinese influence and would ban speech that is offensive to certain ideas. These ideas that are just destructive that give us that lead us to no future. The ideas being put forward on Twitter and Facebook and YouTube, these hate speech rules. Now, I understand that racism, you know, I'm not a fan of it, so I wouldn't engage in that kind of nonsense. But communism, that's a whole other ballgame. The far left in this country supported by the Democrats, has no goal. It is a chaotic and destructive force. They abolish the police and then what? Nothing. And that's what scares me. So listen, it's all tied together. We'll see how this plays out. I don't know if Trump will change the order, but we will see in 45 days. I'll leave it there. Next segment is coming up at 6 p.m. over at youtube.com slash timcastnews. Thanks for hanging out, and I will see you all then. Every morning when I wake up, I think to myself, gee, I wonder what's in the news this morning that I will talk about for my early morning segment. And oh, of course, it's going to be the far left Black Lives Matter rioting ongoing in Portland, which the government seems to be unable to control. Last night, the mayor of Portland, Ted Wheeler, condemned the the Black Lives Matter rioters for attempting to commit murder. You see what they had done the night before last 
was they set fire to the front and the back of a police station, I believe both sides, trapping the police officers inside. Now, fortunately, the fires didn't engulf the building and the officers did not die and the building is mostly safe. So they've barricaded it up again. Well, perhaps the mayor spoke too soon or I guess too late, but whatever. He spoke too soon because that night, which was last night, Antifa tried to do it again. It's getting worse. They're not stopping it. The police are unable to do anything about it. And you know what, man? This is becoming a, a, a total hellscape. These far leftists, these Black Lives Matter rioters, once again went to a residential neighborhood, vandalizing private property. And now we have locals coming out in these neighborhoods, confronting them, getting into fights with these people. And they're going, in my opinion, they're going to keep coming back. So here we can see the Portland mayor finally speaking up. Oh, interesting. Don't you want federal help now? Shouldn't these people be locked in jail, locked in prison? It's going to keep happening. I'm going to keep having to wake up and talk about the same stupid thing over and over again every single day, but it's escalating. And that's why I'm here because I've been saying over and over again, it's only a matter of time before Antifa goes to a residential house. Now, the other day, some lady came out of her house and she was wearing a Nazi armband. And because of this, the, the far leftist people like came to her property, started screaming at her, and they physically attacked her on her property. Now, of course, I think it's absolutely detestable what this lady was wearing. This, it's, it's the stupid. I think she was trying to agitate the crowd. It's dumb, whatever. I get the point, but I think it's really stupid. Okay, so you want to wear that stuff? I'll have nothing to do with it. And I think you're really dumb for doing it. But I'll tell you what, you want to be in your own property, you want to do your thing, fine, go ahead and do your thing. This is America. Do what you want to do. They shouldn't attack you on your property. The point is, though, I said this opened the door for the far left because now they have a justifiable reason in their minds as to why they're going to private property. And if the media won't call it out and if people won't condemn what they're doing, they will now go to other properties because they've been given carte blanche. And lo and behold, what do they do? They romped about the neighborhood and locals came out and confronted them. You know where we go from here? Once again, they're not telling these Black Lives Matter riders, stop going to residential homes. They're ignoring it. The Democrats act like it doesn't exist. And now you've got regular people trying to defend themselves and not this lady. I'm talking about other people coming out because because the Black Lives Matter rioters are coming onto their property and they're spray painting other nonsense. You can call them Antifa, you can call whatever you want. But listen, they are flying Black Lives Matter flags. They are That's what they're spray painting. They're not talking about Antifa. So if the, if the greater organization, the Democrats don't want to don't want to condemn what they're doing, so be it. That's what it is. And they support it. They act like it doesn't exist. So you know what? Maybe Jerry Nadler was right. Remember when Nadler, the Democrat, said, oh, Antifa violence, that's a myth. You know what? I concede to you, Mr. Nadler. You're correct. There is no Antifa violence. It's Black Lives Matter rioting. I know it's a bunch of white, progressive, you know, middle, upper middle class young people doing it. But sure, as long as they're flying the banner of Black Lives Matter, and none of the Democrats will call it out. And they bend the knee to these people while they attack residencies. They support it. And that's what it is. It's a part of the Black Lives Matter movement. So I'll read you this article from Fox News. But we have another just terrifying article. This is from KGW8. The most horrific displays of hate that I have ever seen. Portland police describe front lines of protests. I can't, I can't describe to you what this officer said was being yelled at the female officers. But he mentions that somebody, these, these, these Black Lives Matter uh, activists, rioters, whatever, said they were going to take the female officer's baton 
And I think you can surmise, you can, you can make assumptions as, as to what they, they said to her about what they would do with that baton to her. And they said it repeatedly to other female officers. I've, I've seen and heard these people screaming racial slurs. It's no wonder their ideology is overtly white supremacist and sexist, and they straight up admit it. And the Democrats are now bending the knee. They've given up. They put on their little claws and they stand in the, in the, in this, you know, Capitol building or whatever, and they bend their knee to an overtly white supremacist ideology where you have all of these books written by people who straight up admit they're racists. Yet for some reason, that's the good thing for these people, I suppose. That's what they like. Well, not me. But let's see exactly what's going on. Check it out. The insurgents have set fire, uh, have set the East Precinct on fire. Now, this was last, last night for us, uh, early morning, 107 a.m. Uh, at Amuse, I'm not sure who this person is. They don't have anything in their bio, but it's a verified Twitter user. Has a video, and it show, it's a bunch of people setting the building on fire. We can see here, things are getting much worse. Several hundred black-clad rioters wearing helmets, gas masks, and shields just took over the streets in front of the East Police Precinct in Portland. The Portland riots have started. It's getting worse. There's more people than ever. They are literally trying to kill cops. They're trying to burn buildings down with people inside. And look at this mass of people. Remember when all of these uh, lefties said, now that the feds are gone? Yeah, 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 it was a lie. Where are those people now? Where is anybody con- to condemn this? What was that? There was some far right guy who, who there was a racial incident where he discriminated against somebody at the church the other day or something. and He's been arrested. Uh-huh. These people are trying to burn down a police department. You know, it's funny is they say Antifa's never actually killed anybody. Yes, I know. And I'll say it for the 50 billionth time because they're terrible at what they do. Fine, but they're still extremely dangerous. And it's only a matter of time if you don't start arresting these people for trying to murder a bunch of police. The assembly has been declared illegal. We'll come back to this thread, but I have this. This is the most important one from Andy No. Residents in the area where a home is being vandalized come out to confront Antifa rioters. I'm sorry, Andy, it's Black Lives Matter now. Okay, they've changed their name. A man carries a melee weapon and tells them to get out. Yep. Well, I I imagine it's only going to escalate from here because like I said before, you give them a reason to come to a residential neighborhood, the woman in her armband, and now they're just there. And now they have the confrontation in general. Now they're going to accuse that guy with the melee weapon of being a white supremacist or whatever. And we are going to see more of what the Portland mayor calls attempting to commit murder. Well, let's see exactly what this man had to say. Portland Mayor Ted Wheeler Thursday evening condemned the action of rioters who attempted to set fire to a police precinct and blocked the exits while officers were inside. Okay, so that's I I, I believe I was wrong. I didn't think they set fire in the back. They blocked the exits and then tried to torch the building. When you commit arson with an accelerant in an attempt to burn down a building that is occupied by people who have you intentionally trapped inside, you are not demonstrating. You are attempting to commit murder. So let's let's how about we call this the Black Lives Matter attempted murderers. It's beyond rioting. They're not just smashing up windows. They're actually trying to kill people. Don't think for a moment that you are uh, that that you are if you are participating in this activity, you are not being uh, you are not being a prop for the reelection campaign for Donald Trump. Okay, I think his his language is is a bit bad, but he's saying you're going to Trump's going to use this. And yeah, and he should. Guess what? Wheeler Kate Brown, you are unable to control what's going on. And, and you know what? I got to say, man, I don't necessarily blame them. I blame the people of Portland. I really do. You know why? Because you voted for these people 
and because they won't indict when it comes to grand juries, the judges cut these people loose. You vote for these people, you get these people appointed, and now you have a bunch of judges who are sitting there laughing, saying, cut them loose, let them do their thing. We don't care. And there you go. You vote for it. This is what you get. I'm sorry. I feel bad for the people who, who, who didn't vote for it. But you live in Portland and they're voting for this every step of the way. And this is what you can expect. This stuff is not happening in smaller towns. When the Black Lives Matter rioters tried going to some small town in Ohio, 700 plus people came out. It was 10 to 1 in opposition. You look at these smaller, more rural areas and conservative areas. The cops come out and say, nope. You take a look at what happened in Snohomish County, north of Seattle, and an SUV lady jumps out with a rifle. Go peaceably assemble somewhere else. And they're like, but we're being peaceful. And she's like, yeah, because, you know, she's armed. A riot was declared Wednesday evening when agitators descended upon the Portland Police Bureau's East Precinct building, spray painted over security cameras and broke glass, uh, a glass door with a, two by, uh, with a two by four, lit a fire using an accelerant and threw fireworks and other objects at the officers. That was Wednesday night, night 70. We're well into night 71. And you can see, man, it's just there's been there were arrests. Things were escalating. You know, what's really freaking me about all of this is this this right here. An older woman tried to stop Antifa rioters from continuing, continuing their attack on the Portland East Precinct tonight. She stood in the front and they dumped some white liquid all over her and cursed her out. It looks like they splashed her with paint. A little old lady. Look at this little old lady, man. She's got more courage than everyone else in Portland. I'll tell you this standing up to a violent mob of black clad murderous terrorists. The police aren't even doing it. The police aren't even standing up to them. And she wasn't the only one. There's another video where another little old lady comes to the fire extinguisher to try and put the fires out and they try blocking her. In this video, they get in this woman's face. They're screaming at her and they splash her in the eyes with paint. I'm assuming it's paint. Andy says it's a white liquid. Right. We don't exactly know what the liquid is, but I think based on what's splattered all over the ground on the wall, it looks like they threw paint in her face. Paint is is toxic. You can't you don't want to ingest this stuff. Antifa literally attacked a little old lady trying to stand up for the police precinct. This video will be I certainly hope so if Trump was smart will be the video used by every, every uh, uh, Trump campaign, Trump super PAC, Trump advertisement, by every Republican running for Congress. This is the image you need to show. A little old lady standing up to the mob. I am impressed. This woman is incredible. She came up there. She's just standing there and she's standing in front of them and they attack her and she defies them. And I tell you what, I can only assume we're going to see escalation from here. After attacking the Portland Police East Precinct, Antifa militants returned to the home of the woman they tried to blind with lasers yesterday. They vandalized the property. They're now vandalizing residential homes. Locals are trying to come out and stand up against them, and there's no police. So what's going to stop the next group from kicking her door in? He says, the woman's neighbors come out to protect their neighborhood after Antifa riders began to trash it. The woman who was blinded with the lasers yesterday is holding a bat at the door. They, they spray painted a Nazi lives here on her house. And I tell you what, these people, they are violent, insane, bigoted. These if, if listen, if there was anything, you know, I understand why they call the far leftists fascists. And I'll tell you why. I think it's fair to say they are now. However, however, there's a caveat here. They're not on the surface fascists. OK, 
Fascism is a reference to ultra traditionalism, ultra nationalism and authoritarianism. These people tend to be ultra progressive. But man, I tell you that horseshoe theory looks better and better every day because now they come out and we see this. Man, the most horrific displays of hate that I've ever seen. Three members of the Portland Police Bureau spoke to the media on Thursday afternoon to share personal experiences while working the front lines of the Portland protests. People have gathered each night in downtown Portland for the past 10 weeks to protest police brutality. No, 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 no. Shut your mouth. Fake news. It's about time you actually did some research into who these people are and what they want. And they don't care about systemic racism and they don't care about police brutality. They're trying to abolish the police. They are violent authoritarian communists trying to burn down government institutions. They're not protesting anything. Read any book, read any account, interview any of these people, do your jobs. These people don't, I'm sick and tired of the news media. They're like, well, they were holding up a sign saying Black Lives Matter. Therefore, this is what they believe. Shut up, you morons. Did you ever actually listen to what these people are talking about? Have you ever actually read their books? Have you ever actually looked at what the graffiti says when they threaten liberals? They're not protesting anything. They're straight up saying, burn it all down. That is not protesting brutality. They don't care about that. They want to destroy the government. They have said it. There is videos where they're straight up saying they just want to get rid of the government. They want to create a new government. This is just it's just so long as we have a pathetic, incompetent news media. This is what they'll keep saying. Sergeant Brent Maxey, Sergeant Sergeant Derek Foxworth and Officer Rahana Carriage spoke about that. And Carriage also talked about funding being cut from the gun violence reduction team in the early weeks of protests during widespread calls for defunding the police, Portland City Council did just that. They got rid of their gun violence reduction team. Now Portland has had the worst, the worst murder rate they've seen in three decades. They don't care about lives of anybody or police brutality. They want to destroy your systems so they can show up to your residential neighborhoods and you can do nothing to stop them. We've already seen across this country, I've said it 50 billion times, the judges, the DAs keep releasing these people. The NYPD caught a guy who allegedly was trying to cut the brake lines of police vans and a judge released him without bail. So the feds swooped in and locked him up. When there's no police, there will be no one to protect your homes. And that's what they're doing. So yeah, Maybe these people are just uh, accidental Trump supporters and they're trying to go out and prove everything Trump is saying is correct. Or there's the reality that everything Trump is saying about them is correct. The Democrats won't stand up against it. No, in fact, they bend their knees to it. The media, the major corporations keep chanting Black Lives Matter while these groups go around screaming Black Lives Matter and smashing up residential property, smashing up police precincts and stores and businesses. And the police aren't doing anything to stop it. I mean, that's a bit unfair. The police are trying, but the court systems in these areas are just releasing all of them. In this video, man, I, I mentioned it. This cop talks about how they have said some of the most vile, hateful things about abusing women. And I'm, I'm keeping it light because this is a family. I do family friendly here for the most part, meaning no swearing. And you got to avoid certain descriptions of certain things. I've, 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 I receive emails periodically from people who actually play this when they're working and their kids might listen. So I got to keep the language down. But I'm telling you, man, you do not want to hear what this guy was saying. But I'll just tell you what. 
One, one individual said he was going to take. Here it is. Here it is. The crowd keyed in. Uh, uh, he's, this, this officer references that people showed up and attacked, uh, turned their attention to two female officers. The crowd keyed in on them, saying some of the most vile things to them, talking about assault, talking about being objects for other officers. There was one individual that said he was going to take the baton from one of the female officers. And uh, I think you understand why I can't say the next bit. It does take some type of psych, uh, psychological toll to sit there and listen to this hate for no other reason than we're police officers. I would say it's down there in one of the lowest nights in my career. I think most of these people that are showing support need to stand up and speak out against it. I really think that's how we're going to get through this. You know what I'm going to say to all the people of Portland? How dare you? Shame on you. This little old lady and another old lady who showed up. Where are the strapping young men of Portland to come out and say, leave our town alone? Nowhere. It's up to the old women to come out and stand defiant to these far left extremists. These little old ladies. Wow. What has this country become? I don't know. If I if I saw men, these people are attacking the police. They're trying to kill people in in I believe it was in Tacoma and an avowed Antifa member of the John Brown Gun Club was firebombing an ICE facility and firing weapon, a ghost rifle, ghost AR at law enforcement. And he lost his life. They have tried. They are trying. And why is it that it's only little old ladies standing up and pushing back where I don't know, man. Now, I understand that in Portland, you did have a period where the Proud Boys were standing up against them. The police seem to be ineffective. Well, many of the Proud Boys are going to prison for gang violence. We see how this is, this is playing out. The police will arrest people like the Proud Boys. And I'm not, I'm not, I have no defense of the Proud Boys other than the fact that when they were confronting Antifa, it wasn't little old ladies who had to do it. But the police will, will arrest them. So, you know, what are you going to do? Antifa is free to roam around. No one is no one is allowed to oppose them. The police can arrest some of them and they'll be released almost immediately. Portland has become a disaster zone as far as I'm concerned. You know why? You know why I'm saying this? They like to go, you know, the, 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 the fighting and protesting is only in a small 12 block radius downtown surrounding the Fed, you know, the downtown area. And Portland's 145 square miles. Then they started going to residential neighborhoods and attacking houses and vandalizing homes. And now the only people standing up against them are little old ladies. So, yeah. Do you want to go here? How long will it take until they show up to your residential neighborhood in Portland? These people are, are so stupid. The people, in, the people in Portland who are like, they're just by the courthouse. They're not even anywhere near my house. You, <laughs> so dumb. Because I'll say it. I'll say it again. If you think they'll pass over your house, you're wrong. Maybe not today, maybe not tomorrow, but eventually they will be at your door. You see, they vote to abolish the police. They get rid of the police. They want community policing, they say. What they're going to start doing is this. They will attack you at your home for things you do in private they don't like. Now, right now, they're violent mobs roaming around and a bit disorganized. Once the police are gone and they formalize this as the morality police, you will then have door-to-door canvassing. That's when they come to your door and they threaten you and tell you to take off those clothes. That garment is offensive. You're appropriating culture. Otherwise, we will arrest you. It could be worse than that. 
My fear is that if they keep coming to these residential neighborhoods and attacking this house, the police, knowing they can do nothing, will arrest these people. Don't believe me? I've referenced it before. Dan Dix. You can watch videos. This stuff happens all the time. Dan Dix, independent journalist, was in. This is a Kenda, I know. And a bunch of Black Lives Matter extremists, far leftists, were screaming at him. The police arrested him because it is easier to arrest the victim than to deal with a violent mob. Why is it the police aren't standing out in front of their own precinct and arresting these people? Why did it be? Uh, why is it befallen upon this little old lady to be the one to defy this mob? The police are ineffective, and that's why I'm, I'm telling you it, there will come a time when the police say we can't deal with the mob. All of these residents are getting angry. Just arrest the lady in her home, and then we'll be done with it. That's when you get the morality police coming for you. Now, of course, you won't be as you know as stupid as this lady who wants to wear a Nazi armband. That was really stupid. And she's agitating. Fine, I get it. It's America. You want to make a point, but I still think wearing that thing is really dumb. And I find it detestable. But of course, there's a lot of things people disagree with. I personally wouldn't go to her house and she can do whatever she wants on her own property. They've now got their reason. If the police come in and they, they, they eventually, you know, come after this woman because, you know, she's agitating the crowd, that's what they'll say. They'll say she's inciting on purpose. They'll say, ma'am, you, you incited this crowd and now they're targeting this, this neighborhood. And that's why. And they'll charge her with some ridiculous nonsense. That's what they did to Dan Dix. Oh, what? You're being attacked? Well, you're under arrest. That way it's easier. And now they'll go away. Or they'll do nothing. And the far leftists will keep showing up. And eventually someone's house will be burned down. In Minneapolis, during the, the, uh, about a month after the riots, in the rubble of a burned down building, they found a corpse. How long until it happens here? They've already killed people. I think it's hilarious. They're like, Antifa in the far left never killed anybody. So who burned down that pawn shop with a person inside? 30 people are dead in your George Floyd riots. What do you mean they didn't kill anybody? They've killed 30 plus people. They've been shooting at cops. They've been shooting people in their vehicles. What comes next? They burned down a police station with people inside of it. I'll tell you what's going to happen. The next video will come up at 1 p.m. and I'll talk about something related or something political. And then tomorrow at 10 a.m. once again with night 72 of the riots, it will just be worse than it was last night. So there you go. Next segment will be at 1 p.m. on this channel and I will see you all then. Thanks for hanging out. Our community is terrified, angry and frightened. Upper West Side residents fury as homeless junkies and, and sex offenders are moved into three luxury hotels and turn the area into a spectacle of public urination, catcalling, and brazen drug use. Man, you know, I, I've been talking a bit about New York over the past few days. It really does seem like the Democrats are doing everything in their power to, uh, to burn the city to the ground. The other day, uh, we, we talked about a ton of stuff. I mean, they set up checkpoints, right? The COVID checkpoints, 14-day quarantine, and $10,000 fines for those that break it will guarantee no tourism. Revenue gone. What happens next? Businesses are shutting down. Crime is skyrocketing in the Upper East Side. This is Manhattan, by the way. Crime is up 286%. And now, following this tropical storm, the power is out. Wow, dude. Um, I, I don't know what else to say. But this city is, is basically in flames, man. The policies of these Democrats over the past several months has terrified me. And I mean that quite literally. I can't tell you after watching, you know, I'm sure most of you feel similarly. This story was, was nuts to me. 
the homeless people, the, the, the crime. There's another story I want to get into, but in New Jersey, they're going to be releasing, you know, something like 20% of prisoners. We got another story based out of, I believe it's uh, Alexandria, Virginia. A, uh, a man accused of abusing a woman. They argued COVID. It was too risky for him in, in jail. So they released him. You know what he did? First thing he does, he goes right to the woman who accused him and he puts a bullet in her head. And then when they chase him down, he puts a bullet in himself. These policies, man, this has gotten beyond crazy. Let's read this story that I want to talk. Look, man, the general idea, I guess, is that New York has become just wow. Fox News, New York City power outage puts many Manhattan neighborhoods in the dark. (laughs) Some people, I, I don't even know how to describe it. Let's read the story. Hundreds of homeless people who have been put up in luxury hotels on Manhattan's Upper West Side by the city as part of its efforts to prevent COVID-19 outbreaks in shelters are terrifying residents by urinating, sleeping, and taking drugs in the street. In July, it emerged that 139 of the city's iconic hotels, which had been forced closed for months, had agreed to take in homeless people for $175 per person per night as part of a scheme by the city to try and avoid an outbreak of COVID-19 in homeless shelters. The city has not released a list of the hotels, but a source told the New York Post the scheme will run until October. Among the hotels on the list are the Belleclair, the Lucerne, and the Belnord on the Upper West Side. This week, residents of the neighborhood complained online about the people who are being housed in those hotels, who they say are terrorizing the area. Police sources also told the New York Post that many of them are sex offenders. This sounds like some kind of freaky experiment. I'll tell you what. I've been talking about this a bit, this, this lefty utopian idea of just taking homeless people and putting them in vacant homes and it doesn't work. Now you can see exactly what happens there. I mean, the city has become a ghost town. Their revenue is gone. They're going to be laying off 22,000 employees. New York City is becoming a, a night nightmare dystopian wasteland. Now the power's out. Let me, let me repeat that. Now the power is out. I lived in New York when Sandy hit. And on the lower east side, I remember going there after the flooding, mass flooding hit, 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 uh, hit the island. Businesses were shuttered and the power was out for, for I believe it was for like weeks. And it, it, was, it was crazy. You'd go to a bodega, right? These little corner stores. And there'd be two dudes standing at the front guarding it with like weapons of some sort and lines. And they would let in one person at a time. But all the food had spoiled. So they were like, you know, the stuff in the refrigerators, don't touch the dairy. Don't touch the meats. The canned goods are all right. Some of the things in the fridges are all right. You know, maybe like a, a, a Gatorade or something. But I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know how else to explain it. When you see the crime skyrocketing by 286%, the policies are destroying this town. Many of New York's wealthy residents fled months ago taking their disposable income and their tax dollars with them. And there are fears they may never come back. Yet Bill de Blasio the other day told him, called them fair weather friends and said, I should raise their taxes more. De Blasio and Cuomo are enforcing checkpoints to stop tourists from 35 COVID hotspots from entering the city without quarantining for 14 days too. Man, wow. <laughs> These photos, man, these are crazy. A Facebook group in which residents have shared pictures of men urine. Wow, dude. All right. We're leaving family friendly territory. I'm sorry. We just got to do it. A Facebook group in which residents have shared pictures of men urinating, masturbating and laying sprawled out on sidewalks near the hotels has been set up there. Wow. And, and there are other complaints on Twitter. 
Our community is terrified, one organizer said. Uh, Dr. Megan Martin told The Post, the homeless were moved from dorm style accommodation around the city to hotels so they can be housed one or two or uh, uh, one or two to a room in order to protect them from COVID-19 more effectively. Department of Homeless Services Commissioner Stephen Banks said Thursday, in order to defuse that ticking time bomb, we implemented a massive emergency relocation of human beings from those congregate shelters throughout the city, more than 10,000 in about eight weeks. However, local residents fear the situation around the three hotels could be spiraling out of control. The hotels in the Upper West Side are three out of 139 in the city, housing homeless people, according to a source cited by the Post from the Hotel Association of New York City. The initiative is costing hundreds of millions of dollars, according to the source, with FEMA covering 75% and the other 25% being paid for by the city. Officials have reportedly confirmed this breakdown. According to the Post source, the contact contract to accommodate the homeless in hotels is set to run, run through until October, but is expected to be renewed. One local community board member told the website that the DHS, who is handling the distribution of the funds, have not been transparent with the local government about the details of the scheme, and locals have been given little to no input or notice. The board member, who chose to stay anonymous, said that they had been told the city was paying hotels $175 per day per person, or $350 a day for housing two people in a room. And these hotels are really nice, man. I'm curious why, if these people are being given these really nice rooms, they would go and sleep on the stoops or sleep outside. One thing they don't tell you when they talk about this stuff is many homeless people want to be homeless. I know I worked in the nonprofit sector dealing, uh, literally, I worked for a homeless shelter. I was a director. You do the math. The board member said to the post, it's a lot of money, adding it feels like the 1970s. Everyone who can move out is moving out. And there it is. New York City is being destroyed and it's being destroyed on purpose. Now, I'm not saying it's being destroyed on purpose in the sense that they're like trying to force everyone out. But I'm telling you, they know what they're doing. These people who live here know that they are bringing back this this long gone era of crime and homelessness and mafioso rule. They know what they're doing. Why? You know, somebody somebody commented on the podcast the other day, the IRL podcast, saying maybe they're trying to force people out of New York because they're scared of some kind of attack, I guess. We got war. I, I don't know, man. But I cannot believe, based on everything we've seen so far, that that they're trying to help the city. I don't believe it. They're doing everything to reverse course putting uh, homeless people up in luxury hotels so that the rich people flee even faster. Look, man, I'm no fan of, of wealth, inequality, income disparity. I'm pretty lefty on these issues. But come on, you need the taxes. This to me seems deliberate. Included in, uh, so uh, let's, let's read. Local residents have reported seeing fights, have been verbally abused or harassed, seen people spitting despite the ongoing pandemic. And have also been seen, uh, have also seen people looking for or using drugs. Nearly 300 homeless drug and alcohol addicts have reportedly, li- reportedly been living at the Lucerne alone since last week. One homeless man, Angel Ortiz 60, telling the Post, whatever drug you can imagine is being done there. Look at this. Back to the 1970s, concerned that New York City could be headed back in time to the bad old days when it was dubbed Fear City. I am telling you, man, these leftists are reactionaries. They don't like the progress we've made. They don't like the civil rights law they are repealing in California, and they want to repeal across the board. 
They don't like the reforms that came to New York that made it a safe and clean place to live. They are trying to rewind the clock in every single capacity. And I don't know why. I can't read minds, but they're literally doing it. New York. Wow, man. Look at these photos from back in the day. Cops with dogs on trains, graffiti everywhere, people being frisked. I mean, it's basically like that. I'm not going to read about the back in time stuff. Rioting, no neutron bomb. You get the point. This to me was was shocking. I'm trying to keep it family friendly, but they got photos of people putting their hand, hands down their pants in front of these places. And now what do we got? Storm hits, power's out. I'm not going to blame the Democrats for this one. You can't make the weather. But all I can do is when you add all of these failed policies, what do you get? You following a storm and this chaos, you set the city up to fail. The storm hits and it's like a bomb was dropped. The businesses are gone. The riots wiped them out. The protests, I I suppose, are still allowed. You've got homeless people being put up in the Upper West Side. You've got crime up 286 percent in the Upper East Side, 209 percent as a whole in the city. And everybody who can is fleeing. And for the life of me, I don't know why they're doing it, but it just seems like it's on purpose. Man, how about Seattle? The policies of these Democrats, man, abolish the police. Those who survived the chaos in Seattle aren't so sure. I am so sick of all of this. I am frustrated to no end. How many news outlets said it was peaceful protests in Seattle? It was a summer of love. And now how dare the New York Times say those who survived? That's right, because people were killed. And now what are we learning about what's going on in Seattle? The businesses that were trapped by these far left extremists are talking about how they were being shaken down, about how they were being barricaded in their own buildings, about how they had to provide ID. And sometimes the Chaz police wouldn't let them in. This is what the Democrats are doing. I'm sorry. It's just a fact. San Diego doesn't have these problems. That's run by a Republican. Many of these Republican states didn't didn't allow this, shut it down, or didn't lock down for COVID in the first place. We cannot allow this. The New York Times says, what is it like when a city abandons a neighborhood and the police vanish? Business owners describe a harrowing experience of calling for help and being left all alone. I am telling you, man. The New York Times is writing it up as if they were always there, always there to tell you just how bad it really got. No, I'm sorry, man. The Democrats in these cities are doing this on purpose. The mayor, it could be a summer of love. Don't send in the police. How many people had to die for your stupid, you know, PR opportunity on TV? Several people died. How many people had to suffer? The New York Times writes, Faisal Khan was being told by the news media and his own mayor, that the protests in his hometown were peaceful with a block party atmosphere. But that was not what he saw through the windows of his Seattle coffee shop. He saw encampments overtaking the sidewalks. He saw roving bands of masked protesters smashing windows and looting. Young white men wielding guns would harangue customers, as well as Mr. Khan, a gay man of Middle Eastern descent who moved here from Texas so he could more comfortably be out. To get into his coffee shop, He sometimes had to seek the permission of self-appointed armed guards to cross a border they had erected. They barricaded us all in here, Mr. Khan said, and they were sitting in lawn chairs with guns for 23 days in June, about six blocks in the city's capital, uh, Capitol Hill neighborhood, where uh, were claimed by left wing demonstrators and declared police free. Protesters hailed it as a liberation from police oppression from white supremacy and a catalyst for a national movement. 
in the wake of killing uh, of George Floyd. Yes, we understand what happened. Some even called called for abolishing the police. Yet yeah, most of them did. Now, a group of local business owners, including a locksmith, the owner of a tattoo parlor, a mechanic, the owners of a Mexican restaurant and Mr. Khan is suing the city. The lawsuit claims that Seattle's unprecedented decision to abandon and close off an entire city neighborhood, leaving it unchecked by the police, unserved by fire and emergency health services and inaccessible to the public, resulted in enormous property damage and lost revenue. I am telling you right now, they did this on purpose. They're doing it in New York and they will bring it to where you live. Mark my words, in Portland, the far left Black Lives Matter rioters are going to residential neighborhoods. When these people in the Chaz marched to Mayor Jenny Durkin's house, what did she do? She snapped their fingers, sent in the police and swept it all up. And it was done just like that. She allowed this to happen. The people who died, the crime, the suffering of the community. And what do you think's happening in New York? You think they don't know what's going on with the city? They are watching our cities burn and they don't care. And you know what? Part of me Part of me says, well, you reap what you sow to all of these people who were warned over and over again about what was going to come when you elect people like this. And now you've gotten it. And we can see the same thing with social media. We can see the same thing with the federal government. You know what, man? A lot of people try and they they try to act like I'm somehow waking up to what's going on. No, you are incorrect. They try and claim. I remember going back to the days of Gamergate. The Gamergate people saw something affecting their community. And then when other people started recognizing it and talking about it, they said, see, you're waking up. You're being red-pilled. Wrong. That is not what's happening. What's happening is the plague is spreading and it's getting worse and it's sweeping across this country and it's burning down our cities and it's vandalizing the, the uh, private businesses and people's homes. And it's getting to the point where it's in our government and in our institutions. It's spreading. That's what's happening. I, of course, recognized the insanity and absurdity of what was happening during Gamergate. And it's not so much that I thought, you know, that it wasn't a big deal. It was that, or I I should say uh, that, you know, look, I recognize what these people are doing is insane. The issue was how widespread was it? And perhaps it was wrong of many people. But listen, to, to ignore, if your community is impacted by the psychosis that's spreading across this country, you're of course at like, this is crazy. You know, we got to do something about it. We saw this with Brett Weinstein and the Evergreen fiasco when the students locked down the school. He said this will will spread once these people start graduating. And a lot of people didn't see it affect their areas. So, no, I will not put on a MAGA beanie. I I am not going to happily be uh, supporting President Trump. If the election were were to happen today, I probably would be voting for him. Yes. But it is with uh, um, it is a begrudging move. The, The real issue at play here is. This insanity is getting so insanely dangerous and spreading so far. We have quite literally watched Seattle and now the entirety of New York is literally being raised. One of our great cities. This is the, listen, you can mock the people in New York who voted for these people. You can mock uh, uh, the city folk and the urban liberals. But this country is made strong by our great cities Our economy is bolstered by our great cities. And for all the things we may disagree on, we need them to succeed. I've seen myself pushed out of these cities over the past several years because of the absolutely absurd and broken policies of these politicians. And now the cities are completely destroyed. When you look at what's going on in New York, Seattle, particularly New York, did anybody need to drop a bomb on the city? They didn't. Welcome to the information warfare. In the information age, 
you can destroy a city with bad information and the people will vote for someone who will gut it and burn it to the ground. Now, now Cuomo wants the rich people to come back because they need that money. But the economy is being ripped to shreds. De Blasio is making everything worse. And now people are fleeing more as homeless people are occupying their hotels and doing the un- unspeakable in city streets. It seems worse than it's been in a really, really long time. And with all the destruction of the businesses, with the businesses that were that were ripped to shreds in Seattle, you'd think somebody dropped a bomb on this place. But we're in Great Depression territory. And I have to wonder when I see these Democrats like Bill de Blasio mock the rich, calling them fair weather friends as they flee. Is he doing it on purpose? I, th- I, I, I think so. That's what it feels like. It feels like it's all intentional. I don't know what we can expect moving forward, man. I don't know if they're doing it on purpose because they're trying as hard as possible to destroy Trump's chances, whatever you want to think. But I'll tell you this. I'm in New Jersey and they're going to be releasing 20% of prison inmates. It seems like it's just absolutely absurd. An attack on, on us in Los Angeles. The mayor has announced he's going to cut off the water and power to those who practice their First Amendment right to peaceably assemble. Now, of course, he said parties. I don't care what you call it. People have a right to hold gatherings, period. It is a First Amendment constitutionally protected right. And they're going to violate your rights. The cities are burning. New York is burning. Seattle businesses are suffering. The Democratic politicians and mayors have supported this. And now Portland has been on fire for 71 days, figuratively. And they just keep lying in the media. Hopefully, what we're seeing is just a fringe minority And the people in media and on social media are a fringe minority. That's what I am hoping. And the regular people will stand up, wake up and vote every single one of these people out. They need to be voted out and they need to be voted out soon. Fortunately, November is coming. But man, we've got mail-in voter troubles. We've got election interference. We've got social media bias. You know, bit shoot links are apparently now banned on Twitter. I don't even know what's going on. And we can see what will happen if these people win. Let this be a warning to each and every one of you about what happens when these people run your cities. I'm curious as to what these people in New York and Seattle, are they going to vote, vote Democrat now? Are they going to keep voting for the same people? I'd be willing to bet they are. I really mean it. But maybe as we come to the general election, it's not about the left. It's about the fact that in cities like Seattle, New York, you do have Republicans In fact, in AOC's district, about 20% of it are Republicans. If every single one of those people voted, the the district would turn red. I kid you not, because it's less than 20% that votes for Ocasio-Cortez. I am not exaggerating. If even some of the Democrats defect and join with a, a, a plurality of the Republicans, then the Republicans will win that district. And it's not because I like Republican policy. I'm saying this. In fact, I don't. But it's because what the Democrats have done is above and beyond what a sane, rational, liberal person should accept. And if they keep voting for it, well, then I'm sorry, but you deserve what you get. This is your wake up call and your warning. The cities have been burnt to the ground by the politicians you voted for or because you didn't vote at all. It's time to get up, stand up, speak up and go and vote and vote these people out and save your city. Too many people have left. We'll see how this plays out. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 4 p.m. over at TimCast.net, and I will see you all then. I think Bernie Sanders is a liar. 
I think he knows exactly what he's doing, and he wants to manipulate poor people who don't understand economics at a certain level because it sounds like candy canes and rainbows falling from the sky in his beautiful utopia where he says, the billionaires should not be making money during a pandemic. That's right, Bernie. They shouldn't. Sure, I guess. Check it out. Senator Sanders proposes a one-time tax that would cost Bezos $42.8 billion, Musk $27.5 billion. No, it wouldn't. It makes no sense. They don't have the money. Bernie's lying. What he's really trying to do is strip the hard assets and liquid assets away from these billionaires because taxing them this money means literally nothing when they have no cash to spend. They'd be forced to sell hard assets or liquid assets to get the cash to pay the tax bill. Then when the economy drops down and they lose the money they gained in this. okay, let me slow down and explain to you what Bernie Sanders is doing here. Let me read his proposal for you first. CNBC reports top tech leaders and other billionaires would be forced to hand over billions of dollars in wealth they've gained during the coronavirus pandemic under a new bill introduced by Bernie Sanders, Ed Markey and Kirsten Gillibrand. And they're all lying or they're really dumb. The Make Billionaires Pay Act would impose a one-time 60% tax on wealth gains made by billionaires between March 18th, 2020 and January 1st, 2021. The funds would be used to pay for out-of-the-pocket healthcare expenses for all Americans for a year. As of August 5th, the bill would tax $731 billion in wealth accumulated by 467 billionaires since March 18th, according to a press release. If passed, the bill would tax billionaires on wealth accumulated through the end of the year, however. You see, here's the dirty, dirty game the Democrats are playing. They destroyed the economy. They locked everything down. Trump opposed it. Now, we can be fair. COVID was the culprit for the most part. This resulted in people turning to other services. You know, if you wanted to watch movies, you got Netflix. You can't go to the movies anymore. But if you want to buy products, you can't go shop because it's dangerous. Many of your shops are closed down. You got to use Amazon. All of a sudden, A bunch of these billionaires who had stock in Amazon and other companies saw their net worth dramatically increase because these are the only companies available. Any smart person recognized if you can only shop on Amazon, Amazon stock will start going up. So, of course, Bezos, for instance, sees his net worth increase. They now want to tax this. What they're not telling you is that Bezos didn't do anything and he didn't make any money. It's, it's a manipulation of imaginary numbers. I'll tell you what, I'll give you a simple salute, a, sim, a simple version of this. Let's say I have one rock. It's a shiny rock and it's worth $100. Well, then all of a sudden there's a lockdown, the business is shut down and you can't find the rocks anymore. Now everyone, everyone is becoming desperate to buy these rocks. So the value of my rock goes up to $1,000. Bernie comes around and says, you shouldn't have made $1,000 on a rock during a pandemic. I didn't. I just still have one rock, bro. It's just sitting in the closet. I didn't do anything. But the rock is more valuable. So people claim I'm worth more money. Now he wants me to to dish out money I don't have and didn't make. It makes no sense. What, what What they would do then is say, well, then sell your rock, sell your rock and then pay the bill. But then I won't have my rock. I didn't. I. It's just leave me alone, right? It's my rock. I didn't do anything. My rock became more valuable. It's not my, my not my fault. These people aren't trying to become billionaires and exploiting people to make money. And all of these lefties, as he posting these dumb memes, are saying things like, Bernie gets it, man. These billionaires are making a profit while we're suffering. No, they're not. These are wealth gains. Bernie is trying to manipulate an emergency to seize the assets of wealthy people. It's, it's, a, it's a trick. They say, uh, if passed, it would actually uh, uh, tax them through the end of the year. 
Under the bill, tech and other business titans who have seen their wealth shoot up during the pandemic would take huge charges. Amazon and Walmart, for example, have both seen their stock grow as Americans increasingly relied on their services. They didn't do anything. You see, the Democrats instituted these policies, which jammed up the, the, the stock value of companies that were still open. And now the people holding them are being told, we want to pass a bill to take that, take your assets from you now that we've artificially inflated your net worth. Because I'll tell you this, Amazon and Walmart see their stock go up. What happens when the lockdown ends? And these Democrats now say everything's back to normal. All of a sudden, what are we going to see Amazon drop down? So if I have a hundred, you know, hundred uh, stock in a company, they institute a policy that forces the stock value up. Then they tell me I'm forced to sell it to pay off a bill. I do. Then the stock goes back down. And now I have even less stock and even less money. It is a trick. What they're proposing makes no sense. And I have to imagine these people know exactly what they're talking about. They understand what they're doing. They understand how their policies work. And that's Bernie for you. But I bring you now to the next little tidbit here. You see Donald Trump, he gets it, right? Well, Trump calls AOC a real beauty. Now, that's not what I'm talking about. He says she knows nothing about economics as he slams Democrats' Green New Deal. Once again, it's the same lie. These people want to whisper sweet nothings into your ears. We can have everything for free. The government can pay for it. We just got to tax the rich. When you tax the rich, eventually there are no rich and there's no one left to tax. Now, I, I personally don't like the idea of wealth inequality and income disparities. I don't like the idea that billionaires get to dictate for the rest of the people, like when Mackenzie Bezos dumped almost $2 billion into far left social justice lunacy. I don't like it. I would like to see wealth inequality go down substantially. There's a lot of ways I can go about doing it. Fine, whatever. But the point is, I think income disparity is bad. Let's, re- let's reduce the amount of power billionaires have over the rest of us. The Green New Deal is not that plan. But I'll tell you what, it seems like the real goal of people like AOC Gillibrand and, and, and Markey or whatever, uh, Bernie Sanders, is to trick Americans into making them jealous about people who have access to resources. Money does not grant you access in the short term, perhaps. But taking money from rich people and spending it won't change anything. Money is essentially, you know, if you think about it, it's access to resources. But if money is flooding the system, then the, the value of that currency inflates. You need more of it to buy something. And now, or I should say the costs inflate. The, the inflation results in people needing more dollars. And now all you're left with is people who aren't rich. So that's what I think their real plan is. I don't agree with how they go about things. I don't agree with AOC and these, these plans that want to give money to people who don't work. And their actual goal is socialism. Their actual goal is stripping away power from wealthy individuals. As much as I can criticize people like Mackenzie Bezos doing, doing these things, I don't like the idea that you would use manipulation and force to take the assets from other people. Well, Donald Trump had some choice words for AOC on this. And uh, well, he called her a real beauty, huh? President Trump yesterday called AOC a real beauty who knows nothing about the economy. The president's comments came during a speech in the battleground state of Ohio where he accused Democrat leaders of inflicting a socialist takeover on the U.S. economy known as the horrendous Green New Deal. And yes, he is correct. The Green New Deal is a proposed plan to tackle climate change, which was initially tabled by Ocasio-Cortez, who minored in economics at college, and Senator Edward J. Markey of Massachusetts. Trump said in his speech yesterday, the Green New Deal was conceived by a young woman, AOC, 
AOC plus three, I say. AOC, that's a real beauty, isn't it? That, she a thing. She knows as much about the environment. Do we have any young children here? As that young child over there, I think he knows more. And she certainly knows nothing about the economy, he added. Trump being pretty funny. Trump suggested that the proposal which aims to wean the U.S. off of fossil fuels could result in the American economy regressing similarly to Venezuela. Venezuela was a very wealthy country 20 years ago, one of the wealthiest per capita, one of the wealthiest, tremendous oil reserves, everything. Now they don't have food. They don't have water. They don't have medicine. They don't have anything. Same thing could happen. Trump is right. These people are lying to you, telling you you can have it all. That's the sweet, sweet nothings they whisper into your ear. The reality is things aren't so easy. People have to do work. And that's the real challenge in making any economy or any system work. Anybody who's going to come to you and offer up some pie in the sky solution, they're full of it. Hard work. It's a real thing. I had someone tell me earlier, scarcity doesn't exist. I actually favor a lot of, I, I, I think the way I describe it is basic universal coverage. We can't have hard universal health care. It doesn't make sense because some treatments are rare and scarcity is a thing. But I think we can expand services so that basic coverage is taken care of. Like if you break your hand, if you need things like insulin, it would be expensive. That to me makes more sense. But there's still an economic argument there. The idea that we could give everybody the cure for every disease is ridiculous. And they try to act like no one really means that. Okay, no, they actually tell me this scarcity is fake. It's all fake. The the machine is just trying to strip resources from the poor. The only thing they have is they don't know what they're talking about, or they will lie to you to seize power. And once they get power, it is impossible for them to actually enact the solutions they claim they will bring about. Free health care for everyone. No. Certain things we can grant, expanding Medicaid or Medicare or whatever, we can grant some things to some people. But universal coverage, the way we see it in other countries, not so much. Maybe some baseline low tier care for sure. Probably not. It's just not that easy. I'm in favor of it. I'm in favor of exploring, figuring out how to do it. But these people, instead of telling you the truth and saying it costs money, requires sacrifice, we'll just lie. We can tax the rich. No, it doesn't work that way because eventually you have no rich. All Bernie's plan is stripping wealth away from rich people who, who did nothing. Okay, if you had a rock and the rock is worth more money, they want to take your rock away. That's it. It doesn't make sense. Anyway, you get the point. I will leave it there. I got a couple more segments coming up in just a few minutes, and I will see you all shortly. This story is going to probably get me in trouble on YouTube, but I don't care. It's a very serious story that needs to be talked about, and it's going to boil your blood. I'm not kidding, man. I'll give you the gist of it. A disgusting accused criminal who was arrested in char- he was arrested for abusing a woman because of COVID. They argued he should be released and they released him. And he went to the victim and he put a bullet in her head. This is, is, this is the, one of the most disgusting, horrific failures of law enforcement. And I am sick and tired of seeing things like this. And it's not the only one. We've seen similar stories like this over bail reform in New York City, where they say, okay, okay, we're going to, you know, it, it's, you're not supposed to get out on bail reform if you're a violent offender. But they've lowered charges or said, we're going to release you on certain terms because it's the right thing to do. This guy went to the victim and he ended her. And this 
is one of the most disgusting things. Now, I know, like I said, there's bail reform stories similar, but here's a guy who got released because of the coronavirus pandemic. It's ridiculous to let these criminals out. Maybe some people, perhaps maybe nonviolent offenders. I don't know. But at a certain point, you got to draw the line, right? I'm going to read you this story. YouTube's probably not going to be too happy about it, but let's go for it. Released from jail at the height of the pandemic, Virginia suspect allegedly killed his accuser. The incident in Carla, uh, uh, I got to stop here. This is not family friendly. Okay, you've been warned. The incident in Carla Dominguez's apartment last October was violent and it was not consensual. She testified in Alexandria District Court in December. The man she accused was indicted on charges including rape, strangulation and abduction and jailed without bond in Alexandria. You see, they said, we understand this guy's violent. You're not being let go. Oh, but now we have an excuse, huh? Then the coronavirus pandemic hit. Ibrahim E. Buachi's lawyers argued that the virus was a danger to both inmates and their attorneys, and that Boachi should be freed waiting trial. On April 9th, over the objections of an Alexandria prosecutor, Circuit Court Judge Nolan Dawkins released Boachi uh, on $25,000 bond with the condition that he only leave his Maryland home to meet with lawyers or pretrial service officials. On July 29th, 29th Alexandria police say Boachi, 33, returned to Alexandria and shot and killed Dominguez outside her apartment in the city's West End. Why did they let him go? They knew they knew why they shouldn't. That's why he wasn't let out on bond. And under the guise of coronavirus fears, they let him out and they knew this would happen. I'm going to stress it. They initially held him without bond for good reason. I would assume. But no, COVID too dangerous. Let him out. A violent criminal. When police couldn't find Bawachi after the slaying, they issued a video news release asking for the public's health in locating him, declaring him armed and dangerous. Then on Wednesday morning, federal marshals and Alexandria police spotted Boachi in Prince George's County and pursued him, causing Boachi to crash. Authorities said when the police went to arrest Boachi, they found he had apparently shot himself. He was reported to be in grave condition Thursday. He decided to end it all. Boachi's release from jail and the slaying of Dominguez represent a tragic side effect of the pandemic. As the coronavirus erupted in America, Civil liberties advocates called for the release of large numbers of prisoners from jails and prisons in order to keep them from being infected and possibly dying in, necess- in, in necessarily confi- unnecessarily confined spaces. Is that what they meant? In Alexandria, Boachi's lawyers said in their motion for bond that social distancing and proper disinfecting measures are impossible while incarcerated. Simply put, the risk of contracting COVID-19 in jail is exceedingly obvious. The lawyers, Manuel Leva and Frank Salvato, also noted the risk for themselves in the jail, saying that lawyers seeking a contact visit would also expose themselves to contaminate contaminated air and surfaces. Leva and Salvato also claimed that Alexandria jail had imposed severe restrictions on visitation since COVID-19 outbreak. That all uh, that all contact visits, meaning no glass of separation between visitor or inmate, were stopped and that the lawyers could only have video conference sessions lasting 30 minutes maximum. A trial date was set for Boachi. And his lawyer said he was being effectively deprived of legal counsel. Alexandria, uh, uh, Alexandria jail officials responded that they do allow contact visits for attorneys upon request and have accommodated several requests. 
We have also provided video conferences in excess of 30 minutes. Jail spokeswoman Amy Bursch said, however, we do not have any record of Mr. Leva or his co-counsel requesting a face-to-face visit with Ibrahim Bouachi after the protocols went into effect in late March. So you mean to tell me these lawyers never actually sought a real meeting in the jail. They just saw a pretext for getting this guy out. Now, hey, man, that's, that's some good lawyering. I'll tell you what. I, I, do, I, I think it's the right of an individual to have a good lawyer. So I'm not necessarily going to blame the lawyers per se. I am, I am upset with the court systems. I am very upset with the Democrats for pushing this stuff. And I am just, I am just so angry. I often think about these moments where something just tragic happens. I don't know if you've ever watched a video of a horrific injury. They have subreddit, subreddits called, there's one subreddit called Hold My Feeding Tube, where you can see people get severely injured. There, there are moments like when I was watching uh, that NBA guy who stood for the national anthem. I think Jonathan Isaacs is his name. And right before he's about to jump to make, some, to make a shot, he falls down. And I see that and I think to myself, a split second, a split second sooner, he could have just not made that move and he would not have tore his ACL. He got seriously injured, right? I think about this, that one moment where the judge could have said yes or no, the fork in the road that resulted in the death of a rape victim by her assailant who decided to go and end her. The judge was sitting there. One word could have changed everything. No. And that would be it. And this woman would still be alive. Yet we see this across the board. We see it in states like New Jersey, New York, the decisions made over and over again by these failed and these uh, moronic, I don't know, officials. At a certain point, you say no, right? What was the reason this man was held without bond in the first place? Shouldn't that play a factor in whether or not you're going to let him out for any reason? There are threats inside jails. And I've even entertained the question, the morality of keeping someone locked up when it comes to COVID. Does the state have a right to keep someone in a confined space when there's a plague? You know, when there's a pandemic, I think the answer is nuanced. Obviously, in this instance, this guy should not have been let out. Innocent until proven guilty, I know. But the system is not perfect. We have it in place the way we do for a reason. And this is exactly that reason why you don't just let anybody out for any reason. Bursch noted that the jail implemented increased cleaning and health screens in early March, and there were no cases of COVID at the, at, uh, at the jail during their client's incarceration. Alexandria, Alexandria Commonwealth's attorney, Brian L. Porter, said Leva and Salvato filed their motion on April 8th, and Clark set the hearing for the next day. So prosecutors did not file a written response. Porter noted that under Virginia law, those charged with certain violent crimes, such as rape, are presumed to be a danger and are not eligible for bond. We strenuously argued that the presumption against Bond, Porter said, had not been overcome. Given the facts of the case and the violent nature of the alleged offenses, he declined to provide details on the attack because both the rape and the murder cases against Boichi are are pending. And he's still alive, I guess. Judge Dawkins retired in June after serving 12 years as a circuit court judge and 14 years before that on the Juvenile and Domestic Relations Court. He did not respond to a request for comment. Judges typically are prohibited from commenting on pending cases. Very little information is available about Dominguez, who police said was a native of Venezuela and did not have family in this country. A GoFundMe account was launched after she was killed to help pay for her funeral. 
but the organizer did not respond to messages seeking comment. Dominguez lived on South Greenmount Drive in the town square at Mark Center Apartments. Alexandria police said they received a report of gunshots on July 29th, 29th. And at 6.20 a.m., they found Dominguez outside her apartment dead of multiple, sh- multiple wounds to the upper body. Police obtained a murder warrant for Boichi two days later, but could not find him. In, D- in October, Dominguez called police and alleged she had been assaulted by Bo- Boichi on October 10th. Boichi was charged with six felonies. Now, I'm not going to read these. This is disgusting. He was held without bond at a pre- preliminary hearing before Alexandria General District Court. Chief Justice Judge Donald M. Haddock in December. They dismissed. OK, let me, let me say, at a pre- preliminary hearing before Alexandria General District Court Chief Judge Donald M. Haddock in December. Prosecutors dismissed dismissed the rape and malicious wounding charges and Haddock found probable cause to send the case to a grand jury. He denied a request to allow ba- Bawichi to post bond. The grand jury indicted Bawichi on five charges. Rape, sodomy, strangulation, abduction and burglary. A trial date was set for, for March 30th, and Leva and Salvato's bond motions indicates they were preparing for trial until the courts shut down in March due to the coronavirus and trials were postponed. The two individuals involved were boyfriend and girlfriend, the lawyers wrote, and there is a substantial defense here. Okay, I'll tell you what, innocent until proven guilty. Is it possible this man was falsely accused and was being held and then got revenge against someone falsely accusing him? Sure. These, these are, these are tough, uh, tough issues to navigate, man. And if that was the case, then justice is, is a difficult thing. It really is. But now this woman is dead. So regardless, this shouldn't have happened. And it did because they want to, they, 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 this is, this is the game they play with violent offenders. There is no perfect solution. And I often like to err on the side of, uh, freedom instead of security, but there's gotta be a line, I suppose, you know, and this was certainly it. And they crossed it. They said, let this guy out. And so he went and he got his revenge for whatever reason. I guess, uh, you know, they say he was released from j- jail May 11th. I guess he's still alive and we'll see how it, we'll see how it plays out. I got one more segment coming up in a few minutes and I will see you all shortly. I love this exchange here between, uh, or, or I, sh- I should say comment from Kimberly Classic, who's running as a House candidate in Maryland 7th District, to Hotep Jesus. I think these are both great follows, by the way, on Twitter. Hotep Jesus tweets, the hate for Trump is so real that Biden can say anything about black people and get away with it. And I saw that now as like, yup. And I'm not going to pretend to know what, you know, the ex- their experiences, Hotep Jesus and Kimberly both being black. Kimberly says, I would like to nominate this as the most factual tweet of 2020. And I agree. And then someone responded saying, y'all keeping me sane right now. No BS. Listen, I don't care who you are, where you come from, what you believe, your gender, whatever your orientation. Joe Biden says insanely racist things all the time and gets freebies all the time. Donald Trump comes out with a photograph where he's like, I love, you know, Mexican food. Look, I'm eating a taco bowl. And everyone's like, Trump's racist. How dare he post a picture of him eating a taco bowl? Joe Biden says insanely racist things several times, and he gets a freebie from the pundits. Now, I know. Listen, the left will say the same thing about Trump. But come on, man. 
Trump comes out and he says, I'm doing more for the black community than anybody else, maybe since Abraham Lincoln. And I roll my eyes and I'm like, Ugh. but what is he? It's, that's just him bragging about himself, having an ego. Joe Biden faces backlash for comparing diversity in African-American and Latino communities. President Trump seized on the comments as a very insulting statement. Thank you, ABC News. For those that didn't see what Joe Biden said, I'm sure most of you did. He basically, <laughs> Joe Biden said that he thought black people, with notable exceptions, according to Joe Biden, are, are, are not, very diver, not very diverse. For no reason he said this. There's no reason for him to say this. And it's not true in any capacity. It is the stupidest thing I have ever heard. And it shows you just how racist Joe Biden is. You know what, man? I see this story, right? You know what I don't remember? I don't remember any outrage at all either when Joe Biden said people don't distinguish between Chinese and other Asians. Here's a, here's a tweet from Vince Coglianese. Uh, Biden says Trump is wrong to hold China accountable for coronavirus because Americans can't distinguish between a South Korean and someone from Beijing. The patronizing view of voters aside, not sure what that has to do with the CCP or anything. I kid you not, Joe Biden literally said only a couple weeks ago that Americans can't tell the difference between Asian people. Is that you, Joe Biden? Because that's not the people I know. Now, I, I know there's a fam- there's, I'm sorry, there's a King of the Hill joke in there when um, the dude moves in who's Laotian and they all think he's Chinese because the, you know, the, the South Texan or whatever, Arlen, Texas people had never seen other Asians before. So they assume that he must be Chinese. I guess that's the joke. Joe Biden is so insanely wrong about all of this, but they can't accept it. So yeah, Hotep Jesus, you are right. They hate Trump so much that Joe Biden can say anything he wants about black people and get away with it. But what about every, everything else he said? Let me, let, me, let, me, let me share with you some knowledge. Okay, some knowledge here about uh, uh, this, these issues. I used to work for an American Airlines company. Let me give you a lesson on, on diversity, Joe Biden. And I worked with a man, a black man. It was, it was a big, it was a big uh, team working for, it was American Eagle Airlines. And in one of the, one of the zone rooms, they have a team of, I think it's like 10 or you know, so people. And one of the guys happened to be black. He was from Haiti. He was not, he did not have the same political opinions as people from other countries. There are people in this country who came from Nigeria. There are people in this country who came from Kenya. And there are people who were born in this country who had ancestors who were slaves. All of these people are unique individuals. They come from different cultures, with different backgrounds. They wear different clothes. They have different names. Joe Biden apparently doesn't understand this concept because Joe Biden is racist. Let me tell you the same thing, Joe Biden, when it comes to people from Asia. They're all different people and they look very, very different. I, 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 maybe you've never seen an Asian person, Joe, or a person from Southeast Asia compared to East Asia. Or how about you can't t- I tell you what, man, they can't tell the difference between someone from South Korea and fr- someone from Beijing. I do not believe that to be true. I don't. I think it's true that there are many people who can't like the joke from from King of the Hill that I understand. But you would be I, I, I don't think you, you would be surprised to find this. You would you would be surprised if it turned out to be that Joe Biden was telling you that Joe Biden was correct, to be honest. Joe Biden, former vice president, has sought to clean up comments he made comparing diversity in African-American and Latino communities during an interview released Thursday. He was asked about his view towards normalizing relations with Cuba and pivoted into an explanation on his belief on the differences of opinion between the two communities. 
What do you mean the two communities? For no reason. He was being interviewed by, by I believe, by a Hispanic woman. And for some reason, he decides to just mention that there's that the black community in America is all the same or something. And this is seen by many people as overtly racist. I personally think it is too. But this is what they want to vote for, I guess. He says, and by the way, what you all know, but most people don't know, unlike the African-American community, with notable exceptions, the Latino community is an incredibly diverse community with incredibly different attitudes about different things. You go to Florida and you find very different attitudes, blah, blah, blah. Have you guys seen the video of the Nigerian woman who is yelling about why Trump is good, why America is good? There's a bunch of these videos. Have you seen the video of, I don't know, uh, uh, all of the black Trump supporters? Have you seen any of the prominent of which there are many black Trump supporters? You got Candace Owens, you got Terrence Williams, you got the Hodge twins. They're not a monolith. They're regular people, people of different opinions. Look how Kanye West calls it out. I am sick of this man. Joe Biden, this is why the far left probably is willing to vote for him, even though they don't like him for his policy, for most of his policies, is that they recognize he's racist. The far left in this country have adopted overtly racist ideologies. They prop up people who are self-professed racists. Since when did these become the people that we put up on pedestals and accept as running for president? No, no, no. I understand. You go back in time, you'll find a bunch of racists who are president, but we're supposed to be moving beyond this. The fact they want to elect a guy who was, who was, who, who, his era is the pre-civil rights era, who wants to bring back these views and this mentality to me is nuts. Donald Trump has his faults, but Donald Trump is not whatever this is. Donald Trump has, uh, you know, he says silly things and dumb things and he tweets stupid things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. <laughs> I totally think so. And for all the things I don't like about him, I look at Joe Biden with disgust, absolute disgust. He is an establishment crony, corrupt, racist, all of these things. And what is Donald Trump? He's got offensive diction. He is unprepared, ill-prepared, unprofessional, all of these things that I would criticize. There are many policies he's done in the past, mostly due to, you know, uh, involving foreign policy. I've been very critical of when he did them. And he's improved, in my opinion. So for me, I look at Trump with someone who's I'm like, I don't like his behavior, but, you know, he's a he's a president. I disagree with him on a lot of things. Then I look at Joe Biden and I see this guy who has a history of racist policies, a history of racist statements, and to this day makes more racist statements. His brain doesn't work. He falls asleep on TV. He can't speak straight. And he and he and, and he makes these repeated gaffes. And what? They still just say vote for him. Why? That sickens me. For so many reasons, man. You know, I'll tell you what. You let at the very least, if you think Trump's a bad man and all that stuff, okay. Well, at least you can have the bull run through the China shop for a little bit longer and, 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 and stomp out the establishment and people like Joe Biden. But if you would prop up a person like Joe Biden, who combines the worst of his racism with the establishment crony corruption, you're going to make everything worse. At, at the very least, Donald Trump is the bull rampaging around the ivory tower. And when he's done at the end of his next term, you can vote for somebody else. And these crony corrupt establishment types these former, you know, uh, elitists, they will be gone, hopefully. And then you can have your, your, your new, your new progressive, whatever. It's too bad Bernie Sanders adopted the cult ideology of this weird far left white supremacy, whatever you want to call it, intersectionalism. Because now I'm, I'm worried that we're going to end up with populist right, you know, which I understand and somewhat disagree with, 
but agree with more than the white supremacist left. And that's what we're headed for with 2024. You're going to have a Trump Jr. or a Nikki Haley or something. I don't know. You're going to have a right wing populist candidate. And I'm going to be like, I disagree with a bit, a lot of this. And then I'm going to look to my left and I'm going to see these weird, you know, uh, Robin D'Angelo white supremacist loonies who want, want to destroy things, burn it down and are overtly racist. And they would, they, they, that's, why they, that's why this Biden stuff doesn't phase them. That's why he can say it and get away with it, because these people accept it. Not all of them. Many of them just don't know. And that I think is fair. I wish they did. But this is what we get to, we get to look forward to. Right now, you know, I want everything to go back to normal and to have the system function again. But I'll tell you what, for the past several years under Donald Trump, the economy has improved greatly and you can't deny it. Now we're in dire straits and we need someone who's going to make the economy work. It's not Joe Biden. He's going to do all of the worst things imaginable. So what are we left with? A guy who can say the stupidest things in the world, the most racist things in the world, back to back within two weeks, and they just keep giving him a pass. I take particular offense to the, the comment about Asians, obviously, because I'm part Asian. And I get frustrated that the left treats Asians with th- such utter disdain. You know why? Because we break their stereotype. Now, I'll, I'll be completely honest. I'm, I'm, I'm a quarter Asian. I'm, I'm a quarter Korean, a little bit Japanese. I'm not going to pretend like I'm 100% or anything like that. But I have family members and I get impacted by this personally. When they enact these insane policies, it hurts both, both sides of my family the mixed race Asian side, as well as the white, you know, the white portion of my family. Everything they're doing is a detriment to my family and the, ch- the future of, you know, my kids and the people I care about. So this, uh, th- this I take particular offense to because as much as people call this out, the left will never acknowledge this. At the very least, you'll see some news outlets cover, you know, the comments about the black community. The left, they're embracing racism wholeheartedly. That's why I'm staying away from them. I'll leave it there. Next segment will be tomorrow at 10 a.m. on this channel. Thanks for hanging out, and I will see you all next time.